You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open with Teresa in America. Hi, everyone. Today's topic is I can't stop judging myself or others as part of our I can't stop series. Yeah, I'm trying to think how this relates to my person right now today. And um, immediately, like, I wish I didn't do this as often. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to come from a place of empathy. So I'm like, you never know the hell that's going on in somebody else's life. Okay, so maybe I can backtrack. Yeah. Because when you hear the question, I can't stop judging myself or others, are you more likely to judge yourself or are you more likely to judge others and that's how problems come up in your life i think it's a little of both i i don't think it's one over the other your brain did go to judging others because your immediate next thought was you never know what's going on in someone else's life or is that also about you yes i think that also relates to me like how i may come off to others and then people may judge me and i'm they're like god america's what the hell you know and so I take that frame when I'm looking at other people and I'm like, and maybe they do something that's just like questionable. But again, we're so complex and like even like in personal relationships or whatever, we don't know what's going on in the other person's head. So yeah. you could completely come from a place of like, I can't believe they just said that. And the way that you heard it is like not at all what they intended, but you're like, oh, that's, that's what I heard. How often do you think that? I can't believe they just said that. All the time. (laughs) Okay, so I'm just going to be your accountability buddy. And it sounds to me like you struggle with having these automatic thoughts about other people. Uh, About other people and myself. So it's a a thing like... Do you think, oh, I can't believe you just said that in your own head? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. How did you just say that? So that's like the can't stop. Yeah. I don't think I have a judging voice in my brain about other people as nearly as much as I have a judging voice in my brain about myself. And because the judging voice in my brain about myself is so loud and is such a jerk, (laughs) if I do judge other people, it sounds way quieter. I can I can see that though. You know, like for you, the experience is generally turned back on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And only when you're in moments of like stress or distress, then that other side comes out because it's like a disconnect from how you're seeing yourself and you're just like, oh, what that happened, that person did that. And then, so it's, it's, it's interesting how that happens. Yeah. I often think with this phrase in people in my life that I don't know what this comes from, but like a sense of righteousness. (laughs) Yeah. There's like something about, I don't know if righteousness is a value or if justice or fairness is a value or even what righteous comes from. If righteous is fair or if righteous is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. But people in my life who have a strong sense of that, of justice, of right or wrong, this thought is harder for them. Whereas I don't know if in my brain, the why this area is so muddled up for me is... (laughs) And my really screwed up brain also like has a hard time with understanding right and wrong because 
I've taken a lot of wrongs in my life and made them right and justified them. For an example, I have made a lot of excuses for the people who are abusive to me. Mm -hmm. I don't even judge them. And I wonder if that messed up my (laughs) righteous meter. I I wonder because maybe the meter's broken, a possibility, but is it judgment that you want to place on these people? I think what you're kind of getting at is empathy. That is my strength as a therapist. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of empathy for people who've been through bad situations. But the flip side of that, where it is a problem, is that I may not be quick to be accountable. Mm. To call someone out. Yeah, or hold someone else accountable. Boundary. Mm-hmm. But the flip side is like I'm constantly holding myself accountable for wrongs that aren't even existing. You're more likely to disregard empathy for yourself and provide empathy for somebody else, which then creates this like cycle of feeling crappy about yourself and you're placing all that judgment, even though you shouldn't even own that judgment. You're just like, I'll take it. I'll take it for you. Yeah, because my righteous meter's off and I, I'm I'm deserving of... <laughs> Of Only the worst suffering. Right, right. Yo, like I had not even really thought about that, but I understand that. The counter of that, right, is when we create boundaries and we reinforce the boundaries that we've set, then there is that righteousness or that justice lens that's like, no, you have to respect the boundary I've set. This is the line. And then when we allow others to kind of push past that line, And it's both, like both things are happening at the same time where I'm like, oh, why can't you just do this thing that's supposed to be good for you? And then on the other side, it's like, oh, but don't be like an ass towards this person. They might have like stuff going on. But you're like, ah. (laughs) But there has to be a moment. Like for me, there is a moment when the anger kind of pushes me in the other direction. I'm like, okay, forget, forget empathy. Like I have to have my voice heard. And I need this to be addressed. I think that's healthier. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Does it get you in trouble? Yes. I do have people in my life. I'm married to one. We joke about how you have the same personality as my husband. And so then you're in a relationship in this dynamic. and, And the way that when I can't stop judging myself, but he has a strong sense of righteousness. These two things come together where if we were more balanced, we might have less conflict. But because we don't, we're more likely to have conflict because something also happens here. Yeah. You know, I sense this with you too. I'm sure you're frustrated with me. <laughs> I get I get frustrated um, in these types of situations where a decision has been made about X mm-hmm. and there is like, a push to modify that. And it's like, why? I I need I need logic to help me understand why it is that we're gonna push that. But oftentimes, you know, that that's not the case. There isn't logic to it. It could be a situation that kind of arises out of nowhere. But it's bombarding you with all of the things that may be triggers for how you respond to a situation. So you do not take the time to be like, wait. Let me think about this and how I'm going to process, right? Like ideally that would happen, but that's not the case. You're just like, ah, you're pushing this thing that we already said we're going to do. We're going to agree to this. We've said it. And now all hell's broken loose because we can't abide by that thing. So that's where I struggle. And that's when in a better 
moment, I could potentially be like, tell me why you're trying to modify this thing, right? Instead of immediately just coming at it with a lot of emotion. Do you find that you want to get activated faster and move something faster than other people? That's kind of what you're saying, right? Your yeah. your sense of judging others is the strength there is that you're great at making decisions, seeing something for right and wrong, moving forward and making a decision quickly. And mm -hmm. you want that to happen. Mm -hmm. I struggle with gray areas and vacillation. Yeah. Those are real, real moments of struggle. Yeah. And what I have come to find is in my best moments, I can be empathetic and say, oh, wow, maybe you need more time to make a decision. <laughs> and then on, on the other side of that, it's just like, no, how many times are we going to discuss this thing? Yeah. We've talked about it 75 million times. We've laid out all the options. Yeah. And yet here we are again having another conversation. Okay. Um, you want to hear something interesting that's coming up in my brain? Yes. Is like you can paint this thing in my mind as like a strength that I have a lot of empathy, but that's not the clearest picture of what happens in my brain. I may not move as fast as you, but my avoidance because I'm judging myself or I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake or I'm going to say something stupid or fear of failure, whatever, all those things come rushing. Sometimes when I observe that somebody is going to backtrack or make a different shift and then stagnation happens, I can tell in you the righteous brain want, is frustrated because you're like, dude, do you guys not see the path forward? Like, we need to make this decision. It's been made. Why can't we just move towards planning and execution? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can see other people are processing. My avoidant brain and my fear of like being judging myself or fear of failure, what it does in its worst moments is I'm not saying, oh, look at these other people. They need help. I don't think that. I think oh, this is going to be a crapshoot. I'm going to watch all of this explode <laughs> and I'm going to stay out of it. Yeah. Like you're just going to sit on the sidelines and be like, oh, yeah. oh let's I'm get some popcorn. Uh-huh. That my judgment voice doesn't make me also then strong enough to pick a team. That's interesting. It, it basically acts as kind of a bad double-edged sword where I just, <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's just see how this plays out. I'm not picking a team. Because I don't feel confident enough to. But, you know, if, if people have been listening for a while and they know your story and I know your story, right? What is resonating, though, from what you're saying is this idea that safety is a primary point of focus for you in everyday functions. So in you having to pick a team to choose a side, make a decision, you're inevitably putting yourself in a place of potential in quotes, danger, right? Because then people will be like, Teresa, how come you didn't side with us, you know? Um, and you're just like sitting on the fence. Yeah. And I get that. It's way safer to just sit in a corner and yeah. be invisible. Yeah. Where I'm like, nope, I'm just going to dive in. Let's go. Let's yeah. go do this. And I've worked very hard to turn down my judgment of self voice, mm. which you know, four or five years, 20 years ago was so loud. It, it, it's all the stuff that <laughs> in the last series, we've been talking about how that when that voice is so strong, I put myself in even more harm's way. I do things to actively destroy myself. 
I am in such a better spot today. So I don't even have, I don't have that voice that judges myself as much in my brain, except when I, when I'm stressed, which you do see as my coworker come out, you can see when I'm going to have like a panic attack because I'm so overwhelmed with whatever that's going on. But I, it's interesting to flush this out because I can still see how in the spectrum of this issue, there are costs and benefits to both perspectives. And while I've let go of the worst case scenarios, I haven't built up what confidence gives you, which is what you have. But sometimes your confidence also gets you in trouble. Well, you know, when you think about this concept of uh, I can't stop myself and how you're kind of laying it out, in some sense, you are stopping yourself. You're stopping yourself by protecting because you recognize that's a boundary. That's a very strong, evident boundary in everything that you do. But the moment when I'm going to say you're kind of pushed into this place of decision making and whatever the decision is, that's when you're like second guess yourself, like one foot in, one foot out. You're like, wait, wait, wait. And so I think that's a very interesting perspective because I wouldn't have really, I see that in, in our interactions, but I don't, I had never connected it to how this ties to judgment. I'm not an indecisive person. But I will only make a decision when all the contingency planning is done and it seems like that's going to be a safe decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that you're more open to making judgments without the full answer because you feel confident that, I don't know, tell me, like, why do you feel so comfortable moving quickly to judgment? about situations for yourself, others, whatever. Um, like, are you, are you like, well, whatever comes at me, I can handle? No, no, not so much. It's more about like, I've done the prep work. I've, I've read this. I understand this. I've looked this. I've, I've asked the questions. So in some way, it's, t- it's tying to your... You feel you the know, same way I do. Yeah, like the prep work has been done. The difference is I can say, there's a moment where we can talk about this for hours or there's a decision that has to be made. And the confidence that comes into that for me is, and I guess in part it's saying we've planned as much as we can because I'm a planner, right? Mm-hmm. I've planned as much as we can. I've thought about all these different things. If the situation arises when something comes up, everything is going to figure itself out. We will find a solution. So I've said how judging myself can get in my way and it's a problem because I know I need to stop that voice. Does judging yourself or judging others get in your way? Does it ever cause problems in your life? Sometimes because I I may jump to a conclusion because my brain wants to be like decision made, boom, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's nothing else to discuss. I, I forego maybe listening to that in between conversation and really hearing what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. Like paying attention to the emotional markers that are there like, okay, this person, even though they're agreeing with me, their face is telling me I'm not ready for this, you know? (laughs) And so in in, in my brain and in my function to try to get to a place of comfort for myself because that ambivalence and all that is not comfortable. Yeah. I may kind of overlook that. And that in in turn can cause 
some upheaval, like, well, I, I wasn't ready. And it's like, well, what do you mean? You said yes. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, if my face is literally telling you I'm scared to make this decision and I just jump ahead. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not being attentive. Yeah. It's such a huge strength as a leader to be able to see a path forward, have the contingency plans, have the confidence to make a decision and say, I'm going to make a decision to move forward. Like mm-hmm. in, in all, that's a huge strength more than anything. As a receiver and on this, what, where I get stuck is not just like in being dragged, but if I feel like you're judging me and you're just like critical, that's actually the voice in my head. Because if mm-hmm. it's like, if I, if I can concede that your decision is righteous and right, then I may be unwilling to come along. But if I feel like, and I'm thinking of this other person, that their feelings and the direction or their righteousness is also critical, and I don't know if you feel this, is also criticizing, like a criticizing judge, not just a decision-making judge, and it feels personal, like you Mm -hmm. also are saying that I am X, Y, or Z, and that's ugly. Ooh, that makes me feel a lot of ways. (laughs) I can relate to that. The criticism is layered, right? Because one, it depends on the relationship. My criticism towards you, very different compared to my husband, right? And <laughs> that's that's like all kinds of levels. And even so like in, in friendships and all that, uh, one of the things that really sticks out for me is, is, for instance, in relationships where you have friendships with other women, okay? And, and I'm coming at this from my experience. If you have long-term kind of friendships, you understand certain ways about one another. Fine. With with maybe newer friendships, there may not be that knowledge of how we talk about X issue. And the reality is that there could be a disconnect in how information is received and the criticism that's like, well, I would have done this differently, but, you know, no judgment, you know? And, and it's like, Really? That's an issue. Criticism can be loaded with a lot of judgment. And I think it depends on the type of relationship you have to be able to like wade through that. And again, ideal. I'm thinking about ideal worlds today, man. Like ideally we would be able to separate the the two, but sometimes it's so difficult to do that with the emotions that we have that forget, forget judgment. It's just all I hear is the criticism. Yeah. And as somebody who is judging myself too, I don't trust my own critical voice to hear someone say, it took me a long time to hear a judgment of from love and learn mm-hmm. to accept <laughs> guidance and not hear overwhelming criticism, right? Yeah. But, but I've also seen the other side where somebody can be so righteous that they don't even hear the way their tone comes off oh, as yeah. critical. That can be me. Even when too. they I've think that it. they're just being judgmental or appropriately judgmental and you're like, no, your, your critical voice yeah. is so harsh. <laughs> yeah. It's a real hard place for me to live in when I, you know, I'm doing all the things that are supposed to be like intentional about us improving as people. And then you get into this moments of strife and all of that goes out the window. And then I have heard myself come off like really critical and I'm like, damn it. 
And there's no way for me to be like, sorry, take it back, you know, and like initiate from that point. I've also heard it from other people, right, that tell me in these moments and like your moments where you're highly stressed or whatever, you come off this way. Intent may be different, but it's coming through. I've, I've heard the judgment and criticism loud and clear, right? So I appreciate that we're landing at apologizing mm. because when it comes to a critical voice and a judgment of others or yourself, this is the one skill that human beings lack that I think is actually really important here. It is really important. So my critical, I'll say how it comes out for me and how I've had to learn how to apologize. So my critical voice for me sounds so fast in my brain, it causes me to act out my anxiety even more. And then I get reactive to that both in either anger or say things that I don't want to say. And actually, it's funny because it's funny when you talk about safety, because clearly I don't feel safe to be to have a critical voice to people who are adults. But you know who I do with my children? That's safety. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, this is wow. So mean, right? But where I don't feel like there's any risk for me to be a harsh critic is with my children. And that's horrible because then the harsh critic comes out along with all my own anxieties. And then I say the worst things in the worst tone to them. Mm -hmm. I just have to learn how to come back and learn how to apologize correctly. Because I struggle around sometimes hearing that critical voice or that tone of judgment what I think is important and what I've asked of others in my life is like, you have to tell me. Like in that moment, you have to tell me. Otherwise, it's a blip that it's not being captured. So I need folks to hold me accountable. And then I also have, I really do this a lot, where I, I may have an encounter with someone and then I'm like, am I interpreting that right? So I have to go and share that with someone to be like, this is what happened, this is what was said. Are you hearing what I'm hearing? You know, and most often if I'm in the wrong, it takes me a long time to say, okay, how did you get to this place of wrongness and how are you going to make it better? And inevitably I will have to be like, I'm sorry about X and calling it out because it's just like, I'm sorry about what? What are you sorry about? Right? You you need to I, I need that for myself to be able to say, I'm sorry because I use this tone, but I gotta get better at it. Uh, <laughs> a lot better. I I wish we had more time to unpack this because I recognize in this podcast that I don't have enough insight. Normally in some of our episodes, we have a lot of insight about where we're coming from. Or if we don't, then the other person has a lot of insight to push mm. insight building. And this is a podcast where we're both on the opposite ends and don't have enough insight about the other perspective to push each other. And I just want to acknowledge that for listeners. So this is what it looks like for America. I process a difficult thing that we know impacts us. and But we're at the baby stages because all we're in in this space is this this early space to be able to recognize how we get into these traps, but there's so much there. I feel that way. Do you, do you feel like there's still some, something there to flush out, but it's not getting there and maybe we will. <laughs> I think so. I, I think what we can flush out a little more is the internal work that is required for us to understand 
the other person's position more. And it's not just focused on empathy. Like that's one tiny piece, I think. It's more so about, in, in my point of view, it's about really stopping your brain and saying, look at all of the things that are happening right now. And we don't do that enough, right? We just, we're just reacting. So it's that there's a lot of work and mindfulness about it, but being like, am I reacting from this because it makes me angry? That's normally my first place, right? Anger. But I'm like, no, but why? And you keep asking that to bring it down, bring it down to further levels. And I'm trying to do that more for myself. Be like, why is this thing upsetting you? Oh, because I didn't like the thing that he said. Why? So that's what I would want to unpack. The why. Yeah. The why. That's Mm -hmm. where your brain's going. Yeah. What was surprising for me in this conversation was at one point in our conversation, I actually talked about confidence. Mm -hmm. That is a big thing for me. I I can see the judging myself as having empathy for myself so I don't hurt myself some more. But what I'm lacking is confidence. And that's still a thing I lack. Mm-hmm. And so I said it in somewhere, but I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> America has confidence. Some of the things that people who are in my life who, who can have a correct righteousness voice also have this flip side where they have confidence in themselves and their decisions and their value and their worth. And I don't know what it feels like to be that. Hmm. I, I wish I want to. Mm-hmm. That makes me be like, no, you, you, you're so valuable. <laughs> I know I am, but it's like wild, right? You're like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I don't judge myself anymore. So I'm not beating myself down. But if I'm now at the middle where I have to go and where, where the beauty of life can take me is like, see me the way you see me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To give myself the confidence to go also then become like a badass, you know, like you are like, yes, we're going to go approach life with direction. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I yeah. Feel you. All righty. All right, man. Keep on fighting in the open. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.